Hey, after buzzers, what a difference a little change of scenery makes in a trip to Minneapolis. We are expecting an elite pitchers duel today, but it turned into an offensive explosion. All that and more on this week's Red Sox Wrap 360. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Oh, yeah, I like that. Well, unfortunately, we have not confirmed where DMX is, but we do know that Xander Bogarts has been red hot and keeping the line moving for the Red Sox, as evidenced today in the huge 17-6 victory over the Twins. Before we get into that, uh, I just wanted to introduce my co-host for the Red Sox Rap 360, bringing them in live on Skype, we got the man, Mike Conley. What's up, After Buzzes? What's up, Mike? And also on the couch, we've got the one, the only, Laura Mag. Hello. Oh, yeah, Laura. <laughs> and, and you guys all know me. I'm Ben Fay, and you can hit me up on Twitter at Benny Frickin' Jam. Guys and girls, where can the fans get you if they want to ask some questions about today's show? Mike? You want you want to go to the YouTube channel and <laughs> click on our link and just throw that right in the chat room and try ask us some questions, steer the uh, conversation in a different direction. I'm still not on social media, as you know, Ben. Yes, but we are waiting for the fans to put the pressure on Mike so we can get him onto the Twitter sphere. <laughs> and Laura, uh, where can the fans get you if they want to ask you some questions? Um, I'm going to be the one who's on the YouTube so I can get all the questions, but you can get me at Instagram at LMAG. Perfect. All right. Well, let's get right into it because there is tons to talk about this week, and we'll start it. With the offensive explosion that we were talking about before, 17-6 to at the Twins today. Mike, what did you think about the Bats finally waking up today? I was loving it. And, you know, they woke up all weekend, and apparently Minnesota was uh, where we had to be to make it happen. I mean, Xander Bogots, two doubles in one inning. What are you kidding me? And he's got, what, an 11-game hitting streak going? And he just really loves the Twins. He's hitting something like 600 in his last 10 games versus the Twins. Pretty crazy. But even yesterday, yesterday, what do they have, 11 runs yesterday? That was their season high until they eclipsed it one day later. So uh, good to see these bats coming alive. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we had a, uh, we were expecting an elite pitchers duel today. We had Chris Sale going, who, of course, you all know was, has just been absolutely on fire this year, uh, versus Irvin Santana, probably the only pitcher in the major leagues that we can make, uh, or that we can justify as maybe having a better season than Sale at this point. Very rare that you see two top of the line, guys like this going against each other and well really both of them weren't themselves today uh sale did get the 10 strikeouts um but uh yeah he let up four runs which i mean i guess it's for four runs for sales kind of <laughs> it's kind of struggling a little bit it's it's crazy to, to say but uh but i guess he did enough because santana let up uh, i think it was four home runs today so he had a really rough day 
Yeah, and that was amazing too because he had only given up, I think, two all season. And so for the, the Sox to get four off him today, pretty incredible. Not to mention, I believe he was leading the AL, if not the entire MLB, in ERA coming into today's game. So pretty incredible that they can touch up this guy. And Irvin Santana is really kind of a, an odd story because it seemed like his last couple of years in the Angels, his velocity was down and it looked like this guy was kind of garbage. And like Minnesota kind of grabbed him off the strap heap. Oh, I think Kansas City made maybe uh, grab them first but now he's turned it around in minnesota and uh, looks like his old self yeah absolutely he looks great and so so yeah he actually was a sub one era starting the the day today but uh with all those runs i think it was six earned runs today his era is back up to a 1.72 so um that takes him down off the number one spot in the major leagues but uh, you're absolutely right. He's no slouch. But five home runs today for the Red Sox, two for Sandy, which we love to see. Finally, Sandy's getting hot. Uh, and then we also had home runs by Pedroia, Benny, and Betts. So uh, we're we're starting to really hit our stride on the offense the past couple of days. I mean, man, 28 runs in two days. That's crazy, especially when we're talking about averaging something around three or four runs for for uh, you know the season so far. Yeah, I mean, I think over the last 15 games, I think our highest run output was like six, you know, and that's not exactly what we were expecting from this team this year. We were expecting an offensive juggernaut, and uh, luckily the last couple of days we've seen that. It's great to see Xander get going. Um, you know, he's a guy that had a monster first half last year and then kind of petered out a little bit in the second half, so I'm hoping with a slow April, maybe he can just rip off, you know, a nice five-month stretch here and hopefully six if we're playing October and you know kind of get that consistency you know we want to see from him to put him in with the elite shortstops in the game oh yeah absolutely uh so another thing that uh, really stuck out to me today is is uh getting Kimbrell in there in the eighth uh he we got him in there it was a little bit of a jam but he got out of the jam and finished out the game got the save uh, he's now 10 for 11 on saves for the season, I believe, which puts him second in the major leagues. Mike, I know this was a guy you were a little worried about heading into this season. What are your thoughts now? Well, did he get the save today? Because th- he didn't oh, pitch the right. ninth. So he do didn't have get to close the save the game? today. Uh, but he did, he did, uh, come in in the eighth. So he, yeah, you're officially, you're right. He didn't get the save today, but still 10 of 11. Second in the MLB, the dudes looked electric uh, when we put him out there. Yes, I got to kind of eat my uh, foot on that one. You know, I was kind of, I am, he's making me a believer slowly but surely. Um, That was great. You know, it was, and I think like maybe the save category has to change a little bit because he did kind of save the game in the eighth by putting out that fire and then you know joe kelly comes in and does mop-up duty because they exploded for all those runs Mm -hmm. but it's like um you know so i think you know farrell's intention was to you know have him come in and do a five out save but obviously once they scored all those runs it was smart to pull him and you know he was sitting on the bench for a while in that half an inning but you know otherwise it was kind of looking like maybe if they didn't score all those runs, yeah, he would have the five out save. But I like the idea of even in a situation like that where kind of like the Indians used Andrew Miller in the playoffs last year where bring your closer in, even mm. if it's the eighth, when it's that high leverage situation, tough part of the order, and get those outs. You know, because you know your team could maybe extend that lead and you can come in with like a setup type guy to finish it up. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, great decision there uh, by John Farrell to get Kimbrell in the game uh, at a crucial point. Um, proved to be a, a good decision. So that was today's game. We had a monster of a game yesterday as well. We took it 11-1. to 1. We had Porcello in the mound, and man, he was he was looking great yesterday. Seven innings, uh, seven hits, one earned run, six Ks, uh, just one home run. Uh, what are your thoughts on Porcello? Has he started to get back into uh, last season's form, or what? Yes, I think so too. And like, even when they got a big lead for him, he was like pitching like it was a two-one game, you know. So he had that intensity, making good pitches. I think Rem Dog actually made a comment in that uh, to that point during the game. But um, I mean, do we have to put this on pause for a sec, uh, Ben, and talk about the continuing circus going on with the Baltimore Orioles this season? Oh, absolutely. I'm so glad that you can get into this. This has been something I have been wanting to talk about all week. So let's get right into it. What a circus it has been. I mean, we have we have played them in so many games. I guess it's almost inevitable that that the tension and the competitiveness was going to boil over. But let me just first try to separate out what exactly is going on here, because there's really two situations as I see it. There's the Manny Machado situation and there's the Adam Jones situation. Okay. And, and yes, maybe we're not living in a, in a vacuum where these two things are not exactly connected, but I see them as two distinct issues. So, Let's first, which one do you want to talk about first, Mike? I mean, both of them got me a little bit downtrodden because I think the Red Sox are kind of at fault for both of these things, you know, and like the, the, the Orioles are the ones that look like the righteous team here, which makes me sad because, you know, I hate the Orioles. But, uh, you know, with the whole Machado thing, it was like, again, I didn't think it was that dirty a slide. It was no big deal. So for us to retaliate and have this thing happen is just kind of ridiculous on our end. And then the whole thing with, you know, the guys shouting the epithets to Adam Jones earlier this week in the outfield, it's like, you know, please don't, you know, one bad apple can spoil the bunch. All right. So don't group in all us Red Sox fans, you know, with some you know donkey who's just shouting shit from the bleaches you know so and and i think you saw that the next night with the standing o for adam jones how classy as uh an audience we are and crowd yeah absolutely and and i definitely agree with you on the jones situation uh it's really it's terrible to see that kind of thing and and that's not something that i know that the the boston fans are all about so uh you know we did get word that there was a Red Sox fan who was shouting some pretty inappropriate uh, racist remarks at Jones. And actually, I heard that there was a fan. I don't know if it was that particular fan that was making those remarks, but there was a fan who uh, got banned from Fenway Park following that game uh, for saying some kind of racist remarks to another fan. So uh, props to the Fenway Park management for taking those kinds of steps because, uh, as we knew, there's there's really no room in the game for that type of thing. Um, you know, having Jones get ejected on Wednesday, I think, was probably a little bit of frustration on that. But, you know, warranted that he was frustrated because the umpires were calling, you know, that game terrible. Uh, you know, that, that pitch that he 
freaked out about was a ball and the umpire waited a solid second and a half before he called the strike which was which is like two things that he did wrong in the same play so you know of course you know jones is gonna be pissed about that and and rightfully so now all that being said i totally disagree with you on the machado aspect uh i think machado is such a whiner okay now here's what i think i think you're right he he did slide into Pedroia, and it wasn't a malicious slide, but he did hurt him. And you know what? It was a sloppy slide. So whether or not he meant to do it or not, Pedroia spent two games out of the lineup, and he's one of our best players and probably our team captain at this point. So you have to expect that you're possibly going to get beaned the next day. Whether or not you meant to do it, you did it, and it happened. Okay? So not to mention... That Machado is not exactly Mr. Clean Slate of uh, behavior himself. He's got a history of freaking out over little things, right? I mean, he had that incident, uh, what was it, last year or the year before, where he chucked his bat at the third baseman who he took offense to the tag. Uh, so he's not exactly your, you know, he's kind of like the boy who cried wolf, if you ask me. All yeah. right. Then, you know, we... Of course, we throw a little bit uh, above Machado's head, which is, of course, not great. I mean, again, I'm not trying to defend the Red Sox here for making these types of bad plays, right? I mean, that was definitely not the right way to go about it by Barnes. Um, And he deserved getting suspended for four games and getting a fine, in my opinion. But again... Then you have the Orioles throwing at Benatendi, and they didn't mention anything about that. They hit Mookie. They didn't mention anything about that. And, yeah, what you saw on Thursday's game, or was it Thursday? Sorry, on Wednesday's game, Wednesdays. when Gosman threw the curveball and hit Xander, was it was kind of ridiculous, in my opinion, that Baltimore was freaking out about that because, look – you know that the MLB was talking to both those teams and they said there is going to be zero tolerance for this game. If anybody gets hit, they're getting tossed or they're getting run right away. So whether it was a cold ball or not, he hit him right square in the middle of the bat and, you know, that's how they were going to call it. So, But it's a curveball, Ben. It's a curveball. It's It's still going to hurt. Not like he didn't get a bruise from it. Oh, Oh, I tell you, this game used to be have a lot of tough guys in it and now i just don't know why i mean that slide at second base oh that's nothing and now you know this getting hit by a curveball and and warning benches we're just we're just very soft very soft Uh, this oh it's sickening and you know i i hear you adam jones yeah that was not a strike so (laughs) that was good that he argued that call i mean but uh it Jerry kind of said it best yesterday where it's gotten to the point where you don't know who, which team owes the other team yet. You've kind of lost track of what happened, you know, and you just wish they could, like, just stop it and get back to playing baseball. It's one thing, like, I mean, it's just the season's too long to have this go on for the whole season. I like it around the playoffs. It adds a little more fire to it. But, you know, this just seems like it's a mountain out of a molehill situation. It seems like this huge war is happening over some small little things that used to happen in the game all the time as recently as like five to eight years ago, you know, ever since they, they made that chase chase Utley rule at second base. It's, it's like killing the game. It's, it's making the game 
you know, more soft. And uh, it's just sad. And Jerry alludes to that a lot. I couldn't agree with him more. You know, and and one subplot that came out of that whole situation was, I think, Chris Sale really stepping up uh, from a leadership standpoint. And not saying that him throwing at Machado or behind Machado was the right move, but I really like how how the Red Sox have handled this situation from a standpoint of not going to the media like Machado and whining like a little baby, but really handling it like a bunch of men and sale kind of getting, getting all the players hyped up in the dugout. And when the reporters ask him afterwards, what he said, he said, Oh yeah, I was just inviting, reminding all my teammates of the uh, pool party that I'm having this weekend. And I'm just making sure that everybody's excited and got the invite, right? Like that's the way (laughs) that you're supposed to play that situation out, not vent uh, everything that you're saying to the media. Or even when they asked him, uh, you know, what uh, his thoughts were of Machado's rant in which he essentially said, uh, I'm not, I'm not losing any sleep over it. So I think that's the way that you need to handle it. And I'm just really impressed by sale on and off the field right now. I think he's taking a huge leadership role for this team and I'm digging it, digging it big time. Yes. The guys, I mean, intensity is kind of unmatched in this game. We've talked before about how he kind of reminds us of a former Red Sox pitcher, Pedro Martinez, and he keeps, you know, making you, making you think of Pedro when he does such things as six straight games with double digit Ks. You know, that's very a Pedro like thing to do. In fact, I know Pedro went five straight. Did he did he ever get six? Maybe, Ooh, maybe that's a question the fans can sign in on. Yeah. Uh but um unless you know the answer, Ben. I do not. Yeah, we'll have to throw that one out to the fans and see if we can get an fans. answer by the end of the by the end of the show. There you go. There you go. And um, you know, I think maybe you think He showed a little bit today that he was kind of mortal on Sunday's game. But you look back at it and, you know, when they scored those three runs in like the fourth or tied it up with four runs, it was kind of like a bunt that Marrero couldn't handle and a couple bloops. And, you know, they weren't really even hitting them hot. So uh, and then I think he just kind of came unwound a little bit because the uh, the ump was squeezing him a little bit on a Mm -hmm. few calls. Mm -hmm. But I think he kind of like settled down in the next inning came back and like threw through two good innings before he get out I had to get out of there due to pitch count yep yep absolutely uh so I think we actually might have a fan on the YouTube chat Laura do we have a, a question or yeah we got Ben one of our uh regulars actually yes um is asking or actually wants to know your opinion he said um Barnes is supposed to be our step-up man but I've never trusted him should we give someone else a try well, I, you know, I, I think going into this season, I probably would have said yes, but honestly, he's played really well up until this point in the season. I think that's, that's probably one of, been one of our biggest strengths that I really didn't expect is, is just our bullpen. Um, Barnes and Robbie Scott and Heath Hembry and of course, Kimbrell. Uh, you know, I, I think that eventually when, you know, Carson Smith is healthy and, uh, you know, we get some of those other guys back into the relief. It he might get uh, some situations where he might not actually have that role uh, presented to him every time. But I don't know, Mike. What about you? What do you think? Well, I I kind of like what we've seen out of the bullpen. You know, uh, Ben, that I was very nervous about that unit uh, coming into the season. So I've been impressed to this point. Uh, as far as um, Bonds being the setup man, 
you know, I mean, he had a stretch where he was, but I, where he, he, he was doing well in that role. But I still see it as a kind of a fluid situation uh, of, you know, I mean, Bonds can be in that role. Kelly can be in that role. Like you say, Carson Smith, when he comes in, be in that role. A guy who probably won't uh, is a guy we uh, may acquire in a trade for, uh, among others, the mayor of Ding Dong City, Tyler Thornburg, Thornburg yep. who got uh, transferred earlier this week to the 60-day DL. So that doesn't look too good. Yep, yep. But as far as Barnes, you know, uh, he's not a lost cause yet, but he hasn't nailed down the eighth like it's automatic. You know, he's not the Mario Rivera of the Mariano Rivera, John Wetland tandem just yet. And forgive me, I just used the Yankees illusion. Oh, boy. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Mm. Yeah, so, yeah, great tisk, question, tisk. Ben. Great question, Ben. I appreciate you tuning in. Uh, and uh, for all you others that are out there, appreciate you guys tuning in as well. Uh, we did have some other interesting happenings that happened uh, during this week. Uh, I don't know if you caught this one, Mike, but we had a fair a failed scoreboard scoreboard proposal. Excuse me. Uh, at Fenway, that just goes to show you, folks, do not try to propose. While you're at the game on live TV, it can be a disaster. Did you catch wow. that one, Mike? I missed that entirely. So the girl said no? The girl said no, and they actually had to pan away. And, yeah, it was it was not a pretty sight. So I don't know if that's like something that they do at Fenway often, but I don't know. They might uh, take a break from that for a little bit. Wow. Yes. Wow. So. Wow. You really gotta once you pull that that question out, you gotta really make sure you know the answer. Yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna put yourself on the scoreboard at Fenway, you better know that what that answer is gonna be. Maybe he was a little iffy on it, and he figured, hey, if I put the pressure on her, you know, by putting <laughs> this in front of thirty seven thousand, whoever's watching on TV, <laughs> how could she say no, <laughs> that right? <backfired>. <laughs> Well, I warned Ben never to do that, so I'd probably Uh-oh. say no if he did it there. So. <laughs> <laughs> nice, oh. nice. So uh, we also had a couple injuries this week. I think I mentioned we might have talked about it a little bit before. We had Marco Hernandez go down with the left shoulder strain, or the yeah, the left shoulder strain. Uh, he had five errors for us on that last error where he actually hurt his shoulder. That is a lot. There's a lot of question marks at third base for us right now. Um, we had Devin Marrero come in for us today, and he didn't get any hits. Uh, what do you think, Mike? I mean, where are we going to go with third base this year? Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty sad position. You bring in Devin Marrero because you're having some trouble over there defensively. He's supposed to be a defensive stalwart who doesn't have much of a bat. And, you know, he goes and boots that, that bunt today. You know, I, he's, he, ma- he made a nice charge on the ball, and then he just it bounced out of his glove. So, I mean, that guy is obviously not in there for his bat. So if he can't field, then it's time to keep the trainer rolling and so, see who else we can got to give him a shot. But, um, yeah, I mean, the aforementioned mayor of Ding Dong City, really, you really miss him right yeah. now. Yep. So just some other guys that I see some potential is really helping us uh, with the third base situation. Of course, my man, Mr. Brock Starr, uh, he did 
get his rehab three games in uh, starting on the 28th, and then they actually shut him back down because he was having that reoccurring vertigo. He did just get another start back on Saturday. He went one for three as the DH, and the early indication is no reoccurring vertigo. So I think that's a good thing for Brock. Um, We talked about that a little bit on the show last week when Dennis was on here. Uh, and and actually, I did a little bit more investigation, and they're still not sure if it's linked to some of his previous concussions. So uh, we're just you know we're we're hoping for the best for Brock, and and you know hopefully he takes his time and and uh, doesn't rush that back. But at the same time, you know we're definitely looking for him and looking forward for forward to him coming back. No question. Get well soon, Brock Stah. Another guy that might be in that third base mix, and a guy. Uh, you know, I've kind of dogged on this program before due to his lack of defense, uh, Josh Rutledge. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he was played a little first base uh, the other night. I caught him at the end of that uh, Friday night game, I think, and he made a couple good sick plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice stop. So maybe he's found a position where he's actually an above-average defender. But if nobody else can field the ball over at third base, you know, he's got enough of a bat that he can at least help us in that regard over at that position. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, even another guy who we've talked about before, who we don't expect to come up until about 2018. But, man, if we can't figure out this situation by late season, you know, he could be a guy that we do a September call up for Uh, my man Devers. He actually had a grand slam the other day. He's got six home runs this season for this month. He is on fire. He actually had a game with the Portland Sea Dogs where he went five for five with four ribbies, four runs, and two home runs. So he is an offensive beast from all indications. I think they're looking for his fielding to be a little bit more consistent but you know this guy is a guy who sounds like he could uh, really help to bolster the Red Sox offense if we really need it down the stretch yeah I'm a little nervous about rushing that kid Mm -hmm. you know anytime you're in a situation where um you know you have a young kid doing well in the minors double a and he has been inconsistent in the minors to to jump him up because of need I don't like that. You know, you have a plan with this kid. You have a plan with when he's going to make it to the big leagues. And and I wish you wouldn't vary from that just because you're having some some issues right now at the position. What is like the long term prognosis on Panda? What what's what's he on the thirty day, the fifteen day? What's his deal? Yeah, you know, I haven't heard much much indication of when they're expecting Panda to be back. Um, I think again, they're kind of trying to take things cautiously with him because we saw what happened last year when we tried to be a little bit aggressive with him coming back and then you know you saw what happened he was done for the season so yeah i don't i don't really know uh we'll have to we'll have to pay attention to that and kind of see what happens yeah i mean if everybody else is hitting you can kind of afford to you know keep a marrero over there you know and it seems like the bats are getting going so that's probably the the stop gap in the meantime some type of uh you know, revolving door of Marrero, the Brock star, if he can get his vertigo in check and, uh, Josh Rutledge. Yep. Yep. You know, another guy who, uh, has now sat out too straight and I'm going to kind of touch on both sides of this. Chris young has been on fire. Uh, he had, 
two home runs yesterday and uh, has been continuing to really thrive. Uh, and also on on Friday, he had that two-run single in the ninth to tie it as a pinch hitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's really started to look great uh, from an offensive perspective as well. He got the start today in, play, in place of JBJ, who hasn't looked great since coming back from that uh, knee injury that he sustained. Uh, so I think they're going to try to give him a little bit more rest and ride the hot bat. But, I mean, what are your thoughts on uh, on Chris Young? Yeah, most definitely. I mean, that was a huge pinch hit on Friday night. I actually thought that was going to catapult them to, you know, win in that game. It was kind of a heartbreaker that they didn't, but then he kept it going. He went, you know, he had no home runs all season, then he explodes for two. So, and then you see, uh, Sandy Leon do that today, go, go for two bombs. You know, and this is what we talked about. Like, don't fret on the bats in April and all this stuff. As the weather warms up, so don't the hitters. And that seems to be what's happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, but I love Chris Young. You know how much I mean. I think it's it's such a luxury to have this guy as a fourth outfielder. But the guy absolutely rakes first lefties, and Benatendi can handle center field, obviously. So I think that he's got to start first lefties over Bradley from now on, and he might even get some spot starts first righties, especially if he's going as hot as he is right now. You got to ride him. Yep. Yep. Totally agree. And from I know we talked a little bit about some of the DL news from an offensive perspective. We did have some terrible news come out earlier this week. And and if you're a Red Sox fan, you probably have already heard this. But uh, Wright has gone out. Stephen Wright has gone to the DL. He is done for the season. Uh, He had knee surgery to repair uh, some issue with his cartilage in his knee. So as you probably all saw that. Kyle Kendrick got the fill-in start on Wednesday. No, sorry, Thursday, uh, and he did not look good. Um, he went four innings, eight hits, and six runs. I think that we might be also open to the opportunity uh, to get somebody else in that position if possible. I don't know. Uh, Mike, are you hearing any any rumors of some free agents or some possible trades that we can make to try to fill that spot oof i don't know if anybody's getting rid of starting pitching at this stage of the game you know maybe once people uh the trade deadline gets closer and you know they decide they're a pretender rather than a contender maybe there'll be some guys available then it's unfortunate because kendrick is a you know a wily veteran and um you know looked had a great spring so you really thought he was going to be able to contribute to this ball club this year, but uh, that really hasn't been the case as he's, he hasn't really lit the world on fire down in Pawtucket mm. and really just, just was brought up because of this need. What is well, Why wasn't Brian Johnson maybe given that opportunity? Because you know he looked okay in his uh, his start earlier this season. Is, is, he, is he healthy in uh, pitching? Well, that, that's a great question. I think not only Brian Johnson, but also Henry Owens. I mean, these are guys who uh, we kind of have our eyes on as being potential starters. I think what they were thinking is that Kyle Kendrick is the guy with a little bit more experience. Um, it's a guy who they think can probably handle that spot. And I think that they do want to give the extra added reps in AAA for Johnson and Owens before they get them up and ready to go. So, yeah, I think it's just a matter of getting them reps. And, uh, you know, maybe, again, maybe we're looking at some September call-ups. 
I guess, oh, they'll definitely be up in September, you'd think. But um, I guess it's kind of going back to the Divas situation. You know, I should be consistent that, hey, there's a timetable. These guys aren't ready, and they should come up. But, you know, it's a little different with pitches. You know, if you need a guy to come up and make a spot start, you know, it should be the guy that, you know, maybe is pitching the best down there. And I don't think that was Kyle Kendrick. Yeah, yeah. And so. and even looking a little bit deeper into the minors, we do have uh, Hector Velasquez, who is really starting to come into form. He had uh, six perfect innings versus the Gwinnett Braves, four Ks. He's, he's rocking a 1.72 ERA last I checked. Uh, in 15 innings pitched he looks great he's a guy who's like 28 who we signed from the mexican league so keep your eyes on him uh but again he's he's pretty early on so i think he's uh he's gonna see some more reps before they move him up um mike we've got a couple minutes left let's look forward to next week we have tomorrow off and then we're headed to milwaukee where we're gonna get a little taste of the brewers what are your thoughts on that one? And the mayor of Ding Dong City. <laughs> we'll get to see him up close. There you uh, go. You know, Milwaukee is, you know, they're having a tough year. They're kind of in a transition period. I'm a little surprised Ryan Braun hasn't been traded yet. But, um, you know, I think that uh, if we don't take two out of three in that series, that, that's a disappointing series, even though it's on the road. And then we're heading back to Fenway for a nice short three-game series versus the Rays. The Rays aren't looking great this year. You think it's possible that we can uh, turn our fortunes around at Fenway this year? I mean, I I sure hope so because that should be two out of three, if not a sweep in that one, the way the Rays are going right now. And, uh, you know, we got to be looking at a four and two week this week at least. Yeah, and Mike, just to note, that last homestand that we just wrapped up, we went four and five. So that was a rough one. That's definitely not what you're looking for on the homestands. I know that John Farrell was not too pumped talking about that today. So let's try to look to turn that around. Just a note, though, for Tuesday, Mr. Hanram getting his season debut at first base. Give me your thoughts on that one, Mike. Say that again. Sorry, he's going to first base. And what else did you say? Hanram is getting his season debut start at first base on Tuesday versus the Brewers. Um, you know, um, yeah, they want to keep his bat in the lineup in the National League Park, so I can kind of understand it. But it doesn't seem like Hanram's chomping at the bit to play first base. So I don't think you'll see him playing over there much past the games that are in NL Parks where he's got to, you know? Yeah, and I... I hadn't heard that that shoulder was like completely healthy yet. As far as I knew, they were still kind of working on it between innings and things. So, you know, I just I'm crossing my fingers that nothing comes out of throwing him out there just because they want to keep his bat in the lineup because I we do we want him to stay healthy. You know, Um, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, what do you need a shoulder for to play first base? I mean, (laughs) I mean, you don't even throw the ball hardly ever. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think that's we got a couple minor notes to cover. Mike, do you have any any minor notes that you want to cover? Oh, man, none that I can think of at this part. But I mean, all being said, you know, that uh, a tough road trip. But, you know, we played some I mean, excuse me, homestand. Uh, we played some tough teams, you know, the Cubbies in here, the reigning champs, you know, the Yanks who are playing well. So 
you know, I'm trying not to to glare on that, you know. And it looks like now that the bats are going, brighter days are ahead, my friend. I certainly hope so. So, Mike, I think this is where we're going to let you go and get back to it. And we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for coming on, Mike. Thank you, After Buzzes. Go Sox. Couple, couple minor notes that we just want to wrap up. We saw Ortiz and Brady hanging out at the Kentucky Derby this week. Uh, mad props to my boy, Big Poppy. He's enjoying life as a retired, uh, as a retired future Hall of Famer. Uh, so we love to see that he's getting the drinks on and maybe he won a couple bets. I don't know. Uh, your boy, Chris Sale. Leading the MLB in strikeouts, 73 strikeouts. He is cruising. Uh, I hope he keeps it up. And, yeah, I think that's it. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in to this week's Red Sox Wrap 360, and we'll see you again next week. Peace out. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.